last time on Geek Force. The squad talked about James Gunn, final Guardians of the Galaxy film, volume three, and Ray and Marlin jump right into that chasm into the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. But see what we're talking about today, now on Geek Force. Welcome to Geek Force, the podcast where pop culture rules all. My name is Ray. With me is Eming and Marlon. Cats out there trapped in an isekai somewhere. Um, really? I'm not sure if she's having a good time in that isekai or not, but you know, we'll get an update when she gets back sooner or later. Oh no, I turned into a traffic cone. <laughs> Can you imagine her, the traffic cone? <laughs> That would be hilarious. It's a purple traffic cone with cat ears swabbling around the street. Does she have a voice? Can she talk? I think. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's one of those things where only like two people are like, wait, did that cone just fall? I was like, you can hear me. Then the cone just follows them. Like, you can hear me. Come back. Uh, Dark joke of the thing is, can you imagine cat not talking? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> she'll attack me later. Into, right, we got to do something. Even just even just to come back like, to it later. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but yeah, I hope you all that have been good. Uh, that's not the one you want, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope you all have been doing well. Uh, enjoying uh, Legend of Zelda, I'm sure. Still, um, don't don't try to. I don't think on. you can keep do those, those late those, nights. No more Marlin with your schedule those, now. Keep those updates off. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. As long as the coffee is poured, I can. Wow, lay all that on Wait, so how far along are you? <laughs> I am at that point where uh, I'll call it edging. I I, I have I have one more like like sage to get, and I'm just like I'm not gonna do it yet. I'm gonna do everything else. I, I don't want to get to the end game. Like I want to have more fun. So let me you, do <laughs> like I like updated wander. like the pure pad. I've so like, you you you've done three of the temples. Three of the temples, yeah. Okay, uh, I've done four of the temples. Uh, I can do the next thing. Uh, and I want to say, Marlon, for me, piecing together bits of information in the game, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's information that you could piece together, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that th- there's there's this game is longer than Breath of the Wild, if oh. I don't spoil anything. So okay. I, I genuinely think you could do a temple mm-hmm. like... I, I, I don't know for sure yet because I I've been kind of you know just like exploring the world mm-hmm. and I, the next big thing I didn't want to do it I, since I was traveling so much I didn't want to do it handheld like I wanted to see it on a screen yes um, so I just kind of was exploring the last last several hours of me playing that game but um, I'm pretty sure there's there's a, at least a little bit more than Breath of the Wild in this game uh, so. Which is great because you know I could I'd want to keep playing this game also. Oh, I understand yeah. why you just keep getting lost and stuff and wanting to just, just running do free. more. Yeah, I've decided running like free. my play as of late has literally been like I'm just gonna map out the entire chasm. So I just spent all my little scooter just, just driving around, <laughs> going to different shrines. I just landed, hopping, hop back out, and I that's been like I think three days of me just doing that. Just going to every shrine to shrine and then figure out, oh, this is like an empty way. And I had to like, I found that there are two other entrances to the chasm that aren't in the chasm that you're in the main one. And you got to go to another island and get into that one. I'm like, oh, there's little chasm islands too. This is, this game is it's so in-depth with this <laughs> underground map they got going on here. Yup. But yeah, you know what? I, I'll probably hop into that that nice dungeon. I want to see what this Gerudo person. I do like their lightning power, and I could see it being useful in some scenarios. So. Oh yeah, definitely cool. Mm-hmm. I want it. I want it. Uh, but when we're not doing all the fun Zelda things, uh, we're we're over here watching some flicks, watching some movies. Uh, and Eming, I do want to let you know that um, I know that you were too busy this year to watch your favorite movie, but I did watch it for you. And guess what, folks? We kind of already knew it. It absolutely is a part one. It is hundreds of a part one. Also, I'm just going to talk about it. So just know that this we're talking about it. This movie, it's it's nothing worth saving. Wait, so the new additions of Brie Larson and Jason Momoa do not add or help with this overall construction of a the addition of Brie Larson definitely isn't necessary or needed at all but mm. they did want to have that very similar kind of like female empowerment like hey this is our girls 
Girls Gone Bad solo shot, which that's what she was there for. Jason Momoa, though, I can if the reports are true that Vin Diesel was upset, he has a right to be because Jason Momoa was the star of that film. Every time he was on the camera, I loved it. And I think there was um, someone, and I think it might have been our group chat, someone mentioned that he was like the Joker. That is 100% accurate. Jason Momoa in the Fast and Furious universe is the Joker. And like the Heath Ledger, like, I'm just having fun. I just like chaos Joker. And he's so That's high praise. Great. And the thing is, though, (laughs) the thing is, is I think he fits better in this film. Because I feel like if you watch Fast and Furious, almost all their villains feel like James Bond-esque old school like i am very serious and i'm here to do crimes and i am a criminal and like that's the one villain you know they're going to kill and then are the other villains who are like they're doing a lot with you and they're probably gonna have us like you in the very end and i don't care for this pretend villain who's like i'm not gonna listen to you because i have my own moral code it's like you're gonna be in a barbecue at the end of the scene at some point i can already tell (laughs) and this one this momoa is a villain that has like that actually feels fleshed out and actually has a personality and he's able i think to like ebb and flow his behavior like there is I, there's a scene where he's about to race uh dominic in brazil because they go back to all their old spots from the other films because like we want to keep it consistent so they, they hop back to brazil and they're racing and it's like four of them they're at like a they're, they're at like a starting line and like jason momoa has this like amazingly bright purple car and he has like a bright purple like silky top and like these really cool pants and like he's like decked out fashion he has, like his cool sunglasses he has purple nails like he really went for this kind of look and then he turns to dom and he goes i know what you're thinking yes it does match the drapes as he rubs his hands on the car <laughs> and, then, and I, i'm like oh that's funny as hell and then dominic of course vintage was like super stern face like i'm not gonna laugh but i'm like that was funny as hell you should have at least cracked a smile and then he goes into like his like really goofy like oh my car looks so great also you've taken everything from me and then you kind of watch him get into this very serious face and he tells to him like you have enjoyed a lot of safety in what you've done and how does it feel to like decide who gets to live and die? And he kind of gives him a hint, and then he realizes that he's going to blow up two other cars that are racing with them. And so they're racing, and he's like hanging out, he's laughing, he's like literally leaning out of the car, like straight up Heath Ledger style, driving his vehicle. And you get to watch this really serious Vin Diesel, stern face, grit his teeth, try to like save people with his car, and he starts blowing people up. And he's just having a fun time blowing people up and killing people. And it just feels so nice in this film to kind of have someone who I feel like represents the craziness of this world. Like, this world is ridiculous. Y'all get away with so much. And here's someone who's like, this world is really dumb, and I'm going to have fun with it. And I'm going to be this over-the-top, nasty, dark villain. And he saves the whole film. Now, we did reach a point where I feel like they're recycling a lot of uh, the superpowers they should at all. And also, I do want to mention, they keep upgrading Vin Diesel's superpowers every film. I mean, to the point where, like, he's in his house talking to Letty, and then he somehow can sense there's a car coming and just looks through the window off into the middle distance, and, like, a minute later, a car pulls up, and it's like, how did he hear that? I don't I, like what type of Super Saiyan Ultra Instinct powers does Vin Diesel have in this universe where he can just feel cars coming to his specific spot, and everyone just kind of goes along with it. And I want you all think of think of a scene that happened in a Fast and Furious film before, and I'll tell you if it's in this one because odds are it is. Think of I it. do. I do have what I'm curious of is, uh, did they go deeper into the Tyrese is invincible? Um, we talk about it more. Like, did, did they like, oh, they, I still can't die. Oh my God. What the fuck? I can't die. Uh-huh. Yeah, that kind of, did they, did they, did they go down that path somewhere? I wish they did. They did. Aww. They decided this time around, what if we just put it in Tyrese's mind that he's the leader? And literally, he's like, all right, y'all, I'm the leader. We're going to go do this mission. I'm, and I'm sorry. In charge. And it's like, what the fuck out of everyone, him? And everyone, and then like Dom's like, he's in charge. I'm like, but why? And, and then, of course, he fucks it up because he goes into this mission and they find out that uh, somehow they didn't realize that. And this also goes into like Fast and Furious lore. 
apparently little nobody, Mr. Nobody's son, sent him on a mission. And it turns out it actually was just Momoa's character, Dante, who was a bad guy whose dad was killed when they were in Regenero in the first Bank Heist film. And so they do some bullshit and literally Tyrese is in a solid gold Lamborghini in the beginning of this film. Like, I'm the leader. I'm in charge. Everybody follow me. And that's his film is that he's like really going through like, oh, am I a good leader? Do y'all think I'm smart? It's just like, I don't know what this plot is. You went from being invincible to being like, man, am I smart? Okay. But think about it. Think about, uh, think about every Fast and Furious over the top moment, and I can guarantee you it happened again in this film. Um, the yo-yo swing from <laughs> uh, what movie was that? The last I don't one? even. They all blend together. <laughs> Raymond, were we um, together for no, that one? It, that's the one where he like uh, he like hits the car and the rope swings him to the other side of the bridge, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, in this one, he at somehow there's a bomb in Rome that's rolling towards the Vatican. Um, and again, I'll repeat those words. There's a bomb in Rome rolling towards the Vatican because it's in a giant ball just rolling for the Vatican. And it's like, it's behind Dominic Toretto. He's like, I got to stop this bomb. And everyone's like, Dom, get out of there. There's no time. And he goes, there's always oh, time. God. And then he guns it and he like hits a ramp and he sees there's a crane. And so he hits the crane and the crane spins around and like ping pong bounces the ball back. So he did a slingshot no rope this time, but somehow was able to go up higher and then bullseye hit a crane and it yo-yoed around and knocked the exploding ball away from the Vatican and it just exploded a large part of Rome, sans the Vatican. So is he a saint now? Okay. Did he get saint? Uh, no, he's an I, international I terrorist because everyone saw him do that. <laughs> um. Uh do you remember this? I think it might have been the, the, the seventh one where like they were doing donuts and someone jumped out of one car into the other car during the donut. Yeah, they did that. Uh, and uh, the same the same thing. But this time, Dominic's uh, child, sorry, his um, foster child or whatever. Brian's. No, it's his kid because it's the kid of the, kid. the secret agent died. who got murdered. Anyway, yeah. his kid is in Jason's car because he stole the kid. And like he tells his kid over a walkie. Remember, feel the car. Trust. Oh my God! This is like use the force, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Literally, it was like feel the force. Oh my God! No. No, it's not okay. At some point, remember, in Hobbs and Shaw, they were they had that helicopter scene where Hobbs was able to like deadlift a helicopter in a tow truck. Mm-hmm. So this one. Two helicopters shoot harpoons at Dominic Toretto. Oh, I've seen I've seen that in the trailer. <laughs> and he's and he's able to like use his Mustang to like pull the pull the, the helicopters down. And then he uses one of them as a wrecking ball. He hits the car with his kid in it, and the car starts spinning out. And then he starts spinning out. And then the kid just like jumps out of one car into the other car, just. Is kissing gravity and all logic out the window. He's just like, no, no, this doesn't matter for us. And he just goes for it. And then I give you one better. He seizes a car that's leaking gas. And he's like in like a gunfight. And so he takes one hand and the car is on its side. And he flips the car forward, puts it in drive and sends this exploding vehicle down the road one-handedly he just kind of grunts and just flips the vehicle and just sends it off to crash into a car um so what do you rate this movie Hmm. uh ray i'm i mean i think a five is more than uh that's very generous generous very generous i'm only giving it a five because i'm telling you jason momoa's acting in this Best. He has a full conversation with two corpses and paints their toenails. And it's like, listen, you let that dry. I'll come back. All right, y'all, be good. Someone's gonna come and bury you soon. Anyways, and he has like these like uh, Captain Jack Sparrow like hand gestures where he's like rude. <laughs> like Dominic says something like threatening and like really hyper masculine, and he just goes, "That wasn't very nice, Dom." 
I I have a question. <laughs> that is so good. And it's not Get about that. It's about the um the rock thing, which I'm assuming is a thing oh that God. happens in this thing. So it's the it's the post credit scene. Okay. It's literally the rock showing up to a house, and then like Jason Momoa leaves him a note. Like, hey, not only am I going after Dominic Toretto, but I'm also going after you. <laughs> and it's like, y'all, you just said that Dominic Toretto was his main motive. And now you're like, no, no, no. I made time to also set a trap and send you a separate audio tape telling you, Asian Hobbs, that I am coming for you. It's, 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 I'm sorry. He doesn't, he calls a phone and then the rock picks up and he's like, I'm coming for you, rock. And just, and the rock just calls him he pulls out i think the most wwe promo <laughs> verse ever and he goes nah i'm coming for you you some bitch he raises his eyebrow and too she's a phone and i'm like who wrote that that was a terrible line it's probably i'm coming rock. for you you some bitch just like nice. not even son of a bitch just you some bitch so was that whole ridiculous back and forth social social media thing one big lead up to a marketing campaign, or was it just like, well, well here's the thing: we're friends now. We squashed whatever. Like it was so, it was so public. Like it wasn't it was like it was like I'm just gonna post um, a screenshots. To, I like it was. What well, happened? Thing, <laughs> I would think that if it wasn't for the fact that The Rock is going to be in a standalone Fast and Furious film. Mm-hmm. If they bring him in the sequel to this Fast X2, uh, because again, when the movie starts, it says Fast X Part 1. And I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so do you think... You didn't put that in the title, but now I'm like, Part 1, I'm like, oh, you... You knew what you me. were doing. You got me. So you think he'll be in so, Part 2? For sure. I think he'll have a role in part two only because they dropped him in here. Or they'll do that thing, which I haven't seen in a while. It is like that like Marvel adjacent film. Like, oh, let's have The Rock be in his standalone film that happens during the same time as the part two of Fast X. And then we just reference it to escape having him in it. Right. They could be doing that or they could just be doing a he hops in, fights a bunch of guys, leaves in the zone thing. Um, just so that in this movie, there's just, it's, I feel like in the first couple of films, they weren't killing as many people and they just been dropping bodies in these films as, as of recently. Trying to stay like relevant. people are getting like gunned down point blank range oh, in this film. There's a lot of violence. Is it, and I'm is like, rated oh, wow. R? What is it rated? No. Like, I guess, I guess it's like, there's like no blood and you can't see their faces, but they were like lighting people up mm. in front of like point blank range to people in a pretty... Mm gnarly way and fun fact they decided to tease that um what's his face uh you can't see me is dead so who john cena John Cena. Oh. at some point in the film they have him sacrifice himself and i don't know if that's going to be legit or if they're going to have him come back later and i don't can't have two wrestlers is, in the movie you can't at once trust this film because you know they do it they killed <laughs> off homeboy in tokyo drink only to bring him back and to forgive the guy that killed him I because mean, they didn't technically kill him they they've killed off they've killed off several characters now, oh no so. ray gal Gadot's back Oh, I know her, Michelle Rodriguez. She's in Fast. Uh, Again, great question because we all saw her. <laughs> so did she yeah, lose her know. memory too? Did so she go through like I don't know who her. I am somewhere well, in the, the world? Re- remember, um, it's what's her face? Cipher, uh, who's played by South African woman um, Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. uh, is Cipher. Remember, she was a part of Crazy Technology. Oh yeah. At some point in the film. Letty and Cypher doing their kind of like good guy, bad guy, we have to team up moment, but we're doing it separately off camera. So they're doing something in Antarctica in a submarine with, with, with Gal Gadot. And then the other crew is way over here. So is there, oh God, do they ever explain like between when she died to that point? Like, is there like any justifiable like basis of reality as to how and why she didn't reach out or why she didn't be like, hey, I'm not dead? Or Well, remember, she got, she had amnesia. Who had amnesia? Letty. She oh. had changnesia. No, 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 but we're talking, I th- you're asking about Gal Gadot, yeah. though. Oh, evening, right? sorry. Gal Gadot, yeah, yeah. I think 
most likely they could go the route of like she has amnesia or they'll go the route of cypher found her on the side of the tarmac half dead gave her some newfangled technology brought her back to life and they've been working together outside of the screen so they didn't explain it no they just said they just she's back gal gadot they just literally showed them on like a like a the, they gave us like a planet hoth shot of them just like trudging through antarctica trying to escape their super max prison and then you see the submarine come up and you're like oh yeah there was a submarine at some point in this movie and then Gal Gadot pops up on the portcullis and it's just like a knowing nod. Just mm. Did the Wonder Woman soundtrack start playing when she emerged? No, but speaking of that, there now is like a soundtrack for whenever they for whenever they think of Paul Walker. So literally he was looking at these pictures of Paul Walker and him, which are straight shots from the movie that a cameraman would take. From Not the like, press packet? Literally. They could have just made fake hangout pictures, but instead they gave us straight, that was on the cover of the movie. And that was like, this gave us those shots of like, who was next to you in the car for that shot? Anyway, they're showing him looking at Brian and they're playing just, and you just hear like, it's been a long day without you. And then like fades back as he leaves the garage, stops thinking about him. I'm like, oh, so whenever they think of him, they're going to play that song. Just do, 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 do. Who again was not in this film, but they refused to let die in the film. They're like, oh, Brian's with uh, so-and-so. He took his kid into hiding again. I'm like, y'all can just give him a send-off because you keep having to come up with bullshit reasons as to why he's not coming with you. They should have just let him go. Let his memory go. Let this franchise go. That too. And, And here's the issue, though. Is that it's doing so well overseas. Internationally, it's doing way better than it is domestically, which has been a pattern for these Fast and Furious movies. Like they do yep. great overseas, but domestically they're not doing that hot. And if anything, this is a great segue into Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid is doing great here, and then overseas they're struggling. Uh, hmm. which people are really wondering, are they gonna I mean, I think they'll break even, but Right up, people are wondering, like, hey, like, are they going to break even? Because internationally, Disney films typically do X, Y, Z numbers, and we're not seeing that with Little Mermaid, which I think we all know why. But they're worried that it might not make a return on that, even though we love it here. So I have not seen it. I don't think Ray saw Mm -hmm. it. Marlon, you did see it. And you, when I asked you in our chat, I think you laughed and said it was no. That was what you said about Fast and Furious. You said it was all right or it was something. It wasn't good or bad. It was like me. It was very, it was, yeah, it definitely was meh. And the reason being is that in a lot of these live action, because they're making it so much longer, they often like add additional character work. Mm -hmm. So like in Beauty and the Beast, they added the fact that Gaston fought in the war very simple, like very Give previous him layers to his personality. And then you also kind of have him over, he's kind of like talking to the food of like, we don't talk about the war. And it's like, oh, he has PTSD. Mm-hmm. So like we, get, like we get like these kind of little nuggets here and there, right. which I feel like if we were to kind of like dive further in, it would change the overarching story, but it might change it for the better, I think. And so which is why I feel like a lot of these like cut to cut, shot for shot ones feel devoid of life. Uh, in The Little Mermaid, I didn't like large swaths of it. I think mostly because you could tell it was difficult for them to shoot underwater, uh, especially in the fact that I think a lot of the darker tinned mermaids, you could clearly see where their hair and their like scalp was like, Oh, there's like a CGI cap that was somewhere here. And like, you can't help but not see it. And then every part I'm like, that looks so bad. And I, I know it's expensive, but like, I can see that her head looks different underwater and it happened every single time. Um, that was one shooting underwater is hard unless you're of course, James Cameron. So I think that was the one thing like, okay, these underwater things don't look great. Uh, another thing is I know we want to make these live action. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever you do films that are a hundred percent cartoons, you're missing some of the life that comes with them. Mm-hmm. So if you were someone who liked and jammed out to under the sea, it is absolutely terrible uh, in this one. And the reason being is because you can't have a realistic ass octopus playing the harp 
in a live action one. Yeah. So instead, you just had a bunch of sea urchins doing floor work. Just <laughs> doing do little, do little rolls or, do, or starfish doing cartwheels. And it's like, this is the best it can do because it can't have an actual blackfish in like a dress start singing with big lips because like that was a cartoon. And so you end up losing I think, a lot of the funness of that song. Uh, and of course, Dobby Diggs, I don't know. I understand that he's a name that they wanted. His accent was really bad. And it just stayed really bad. And whenever you heard him speak, you're just kind of like, oh, that's really bad. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, they just needed his name. And I felt back because I'm like, e- I'm like, even some of the deli- even some of the delivery, I'm like, that wasn't delivered that well. But anyway, and the multiple, the the big thing about the story is that they talk about a lot of really cool issues. Like they bring up the fact that one, they name, hey, your mother was killed. And we're, they name it, it was killed by humans. And so we had that kind of like, tangible difference there like okay her mom is actually dead and humans did it and that's why the father's like don't go back up there mm-hmm. good to know and then we also find out from Prince eric that apparently the island that they're on is always having shipwrecks like they've been shipping they've been sinking ships mm-hmm. and we're kind of led to believe hey is this king triton sinking these ships because they just keep getting sunk in this area mm-hmm. and so he this is like really interesting like how the this really cool dichotomy of two families actually feuding, almost very like Romeo and Juliet like. I'm like, okay, there actually is a feud here. Are we going to touch more about that and hear more about that? And we never do. Never hear about it ever again. Even though both sides have a huge discussion around, like, you know, why we don't do that? It's because of this huge thing that happened that affected us in this way. And it's like, great, that's a real good issue to hear about. We never kind of get there. We kind of move along with the story. And for the most part, it follows beat for beat. They do change a lot of like the pronoun usage and they change it. They take a lot of like non-kid friendly things, which I feel like are still kid friendly things. Um, but they, it just, you're really reminded of how different or how, sorry, how similar it is. And you're also kind of bored. Uh, like I told you, Eming, we were in, we were at the Lake Merritt Theater, um, and we had gotten maybe to like the two, the two hour mark. This is a two hour and fifteen minute movie, and some child out loud just yawns because <laughs> kids don't care. Just yawned right. out loud, just, just don't care. Ah! And everyone's just like laughing, and then some guy goes, "I know, kid." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like it has dragged its feet and now the original film was an hour and 20 it was an hour and 20 minute movie the original one mm-hmm. so they put a lot of stuff in this and when they put it it was not great like they gave Eric a song no one, and it was the it no was the driest that man sing. No, one no one's hear that man sing and two it was the worst song I've ever heard like I think on TikTok it's like a it's like a, a trending sound. It's oh, to really? like pretend you're singing this like really awful song. And it's like <laughs> you can't do that. Like this you have Halle Bailey as your lead. If you're gonna have this man sing, at least get someone who can sing. This poor regular looking child didn't do great. <laughs> like I thought that they would go for a a knockout, a smoke show for Prince Eric, since mm-hmm. the cartoons really lean into how hot he is. And I don't think they did it. I hate to say it. He looks like a very normal white guy and he just kind of is just there. And they gave him a song and it was the bad song. It was a bad song. He did poorly. And they gave Aquafina and David Diggs a rap song at some point because I heard about that one. Time. They had time and they just put it in there and they gave us that time. It was super long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we get this. And I think the film just didn't really know how to, again, the film didn't know how to handle water. There's supposed to be this really sad scene at the end of the movie where, like, King Triton sends Ariel back up there, gives her legs and everything, and it's supposed to be a touching moment. But when Javier Bardem gets out of the water, they just, his hair is, like, stuck to the side of his face, and his beard's, like, really droopy and stringy, and he just looks haggard. And I thought to myself, like, did you not think about how he would look out of the water? How he looks like <laughs> he looks like a wet nightmare right now. It's just his hair. It's just, and then everyone just starts laughing of like the super sad scene. It's like, this shot is so weird. Where was makeup on this? This man looks terrible. And then they do this thing, they, they do this like color of friendship ass thing where they decide to like 
they decided to yada yada wrap up this your mom was killed by humans and we've been seeking ships for forever and then all of a sudden all the mermaids are like in boats with the fishermen smiling and waving goodbye to eric and ariel and like that did not feel earned like like, why like i get that they could be in the water waving but to put them there was some little mer child in someone's lap and i'm like wait a minute when did y'all get that close to these people like what is happening? <laughs> and, like, and like it's like people are like in the water, not freaking out with them. Like there were people standing waist deep in water next to a real ass mermaid. Prior to this moment, where like merfolk aren't real, but it's kind of like, oh hey, how's it going there? Let's go with an Ariel and Eric. They're leaving forever. All right, bye. Real comfortable. <laughs> real comfortable. So, in the spectrum of all the live Disney versions that we've seen, where do you mm-hmm. where do you put this? Like, I know we don't have a Not lot good. of good examples to point to, but oh, if you had to put it somewhere, where would you put it? I mean, I wouldn't put it dead last. I here's the thing. I think it might be their their second or third best. I think it might be up there, mostly because of. I think the growth of technology has like made things look a bit more interesting. So I'll give them that. And also I'll give them the fact that they literally took on the challenge of shooting underwater and in water for various moments. So I'll give them that challenge. It's not the worst, but it also isn't a great film. And what it reminded me of is that I know that Hallie is in this. And I think her sister wasn't swarm. And what it reminded me of is that a good director can bring out a good performance in an actress, especially a first-time actress. Mm -hmm. And so I could clearly see that they were giving Hallie directions. Mm -hmm. And I think that they gave her pretty generic feelings. Like, hey, look happy, look sad. And it kind of didn't always tie together Mm -hmm. like she would say a sad thing and then be sad after the thing instead of being sad during the thing Mm -hmm. or like it just like there were just moments where i'm kind of like oh like she's trying her best like she's Mm -hmm. jumping into this it reminded me of like beyonce in in her first one oh cool like beyonce is her first try at it she's Mm -hmm. learning i think she'll get better her singing phenomenal Mm -hmm. best part of the film was her singing and I think that was great. It was a, it was a huge part, huge feature. Uh, and I also think that they decided to give this film and Eric and his people, the Brown People DLC, because there were a ton of black folks uh, with them. Just, just, just a gang of black people. <laughs> and I'm like, are y'all like in the Caribbean? Because did you're playing Calypso like, music now. Did it feel like the Frozen movie where all of a sudden you just have this well, influx no, of POC Here's the thing. No, only because I don't remember any of the people in the in the original like film of like they never really showed us like the like the island life, and so it's kind of like, okay, cool. You're kind of adding more to like what we didn't know because it, the people weren't the focus, but you can tell they wanted to kind of showcase the diversity. Right. They had a whole like steel drum dancing barefoot in the sand scene that just happened. Interesting. Not sure why. They did fix a huge <laughs> issue from the cartoon that I liked, mm-hmm. which is that it, they didn't have her sign her name. Because the uh, biggest thing is that, hey, if she could write, she then she could have wrote down a piece of paper, hi, I'm the girl that saved you. Right. Can you kiss me? Right. And that would have fixed it. So this one, they just, they, uh, this one, they just pulled her scale off of her fin and like it caused her to bleed. And, it took, and they literally just took her like blood. And then they mm-hmm. added, and then, and then of course, Ursula added some other things that weren't but also what I think really good in, in reference to the film's holes. Like, hey, one, um, oh, I'm only taking away uh, your speaking voice. That's all. You know, just I just want to, you know, have it here for, for later. Oh, only because you your your voice is like your siren song and that's cheating. So let me take your siren song. All right, cool. I'll do that. Like, great. Um, you get your feet. You got three days. And then at the end, she adds the caveat of like, hey, she's not going to remember what she's up there for or remember why like the kiss and her being muter tied together. So whenever she thinks to like tell him her mind goes blank. And so instead of her like, because again, she should have spent her whole time like, Hey, give me a kiss. But in this version, instead of her feeling like that, like, great, she just doesn't remember. So it's on Sebastian and Scuttle to sing songs and get them to kiss and use the, the powers of motivation and inspiration to do so. Hmm. So would you recommend people going to see this or no? 
No, it's too long for kids. Like, I feel like if this was a kid's film, you'd make it shorter. Like, I feel like this is like, I feel like all the kids films that are made for kids, I often wind up on Disney Plus because that's where the audience is. Like, this felt like it was a film for adults and it was like an adult amount of time. It's two, it was almost two and a half hours. Like, it was 15 minutes short of a two and a half hour kids movie. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. That's way too long for children to pay attention to anything. Um, so all in all, I wouldn't recommend it only because I don't think you get a kid long enough to sit there. And as an adult, I don't think you want that much time taken from you uh, as you watch this thing. Hmm. I mean, Frozen was an hour 40, y'all. Right. Frozen was an hour 40. That's a kid's film because the time is so much shorter. I'm like, hey, these kids are going to sit here for two hours. Let's, let's sit about an hour 40. Let's, let's, let's get it in there. But we'll see. I mean, my hope is that the reason why these films aren't doing that great is because they're mostly about cartoon animals. And that's always hard to put emotions on there. So I'm hoping that with films like The Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules that are more people focused, that could potentially help them like reduce the amount of talking animals and pots. I think that's, that's always going to be hard to do. But now that you've got all these like very people focused films, Maybe this will be where they turn things around. Hmm. Do we know if there's other, besides the ones that you mentioned, are there any other classic Disney movies that they're thinking about? Bringing? Hercules. I mean, besides the, that one. Oh, and, and Moana. Oh, yeah, Moana. Which I feel like just came out. Yeah, I feel it did like just come way out. too soon. Just... And like I feel like it like I feel like they skipped every other project. They were like, can we get the rock back? Hell yeah, let's do it now. <laughs> Because, like, they didn't follow the order. Because, like, they just started doing Hercules, Lilo, and Stitch. And I was like, mm, we could do Hunchback. We could. Do- no, nope, let's go right to Moana. Let's go right there. Let's do it again. So The Rock literally has been sharing for doing Moana Gang. And they got your boy as Maui. Which, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'd be interested to see The Rock play himself as, as a Polynesian god. I would love to see how they're going to do this. I feel like it's 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 gonna give me Scorpion King vibes. If he gets he caught mid-transformation like in Scorpion King, he does. He does. I never thought of that. He likes playing gods. He has a god complex, I guess. He's, 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 money, yo. he's also got his his league is doing well, according to reports. His like um alternate football league. So oh, right. you have the time for it. <sighs> I um, I guess I thank you for doing the <laughs> Watching work what for us there. Raymond did not want to do because uh, I'm not turning it on. No, no, no. You're missing much. Like, no, thank you. Much. I'm good. Mm-mm. I will watch you. But Barry. Ray, I would love to know how because I haven't jumped into it yet, and I keep like loading it up and then getting distracted how is this new season of Barry feeling for you it's the last one right oh yes 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 mm-hmm. this is it this is, is it. the last one it's been a fun journey um, <laughs> and I that's the best part about the show I think is that it is it's not the best part there's a lot of great parts but one of the best parts about the show is uh, it is 32 episodes start to finish mm-hmm. like they're all like half an hour long like it is nice concise like television programming with just good acting and good drama and good jokes and dark uh dark stories and uh yes um they do a thing this season that i think it's hard to like it's it's hard to see coming um very good um they i can't it's hard to talk about it super well because it is the last season and like so of course they like mm-hmm. they do some big stuff that you know is gonna be giant spoilers if i dig into it a little bit but um i think one of the things uh <clears throat> that i liked best is just like it it is they thought they kept in mind their characters and what they what they wanted what they were looking for how they felt about themselves like all the way up through to the ending um because there's uh i feel like every step of the way as people were doing uh stupid things or um just like being um 
self almost self harm, but like self self centered, self self damaging to an extent. Like mm. I say, you're just d- doing stuff. You're just like, yeah, and I can see this character doing this. Like and like, <laughs> yeah, I I get why they're so mad right now. Like they have been through some shit the past couple of seasons. Mm. Um, so. <clears throat> Good time. Uh, if uh, if you're listening, you've never started Barry oh, at all. Um, so uh, like I said, it's 32 episodes, and they're they're half an hour episodes. Like you, you will feel like you uh, you will feel like you almost binge watch something. But like it's just good. They've done a good. I, it's one of the shows. Um, I remember kind of uh, nebulously starting a list of shows that like start to finish season one, the season end, like oh. is is just solid every season. Um, Barry is definitely on that list. So, if for those of us who have not watched any of Barry yet, if you could summarize yep. it into like a uh, what is it Bill Hader kind of thing. Um, yeah, Bill Hader. Bill Hader and. Um, What's his name? Why can't I think the Fonz? What's oh, his uh, What's his real life name? Uh, uh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Yep. Henry Winkler. Um, they. Uh, Bill Hader is a um, former military uh, agent who's turned assassin. Uh, you uh, find out pretty early in the story. It's not a big spoiler that like he was dishonorably discharged because mm-hmm. he kind of has some mental problems uh and uh through doing uh doing a job he finds this acting class that henry winkler is uh teaching in la and it like changes him like he he like loves acting um and it it just makes him feel uh different about himself and because he's he doesn't really uh think he's so much of a good person but it makes him feel different it makes him be able to like approach some things and so um because he is an assassin though uh he shouldn't be getting to know people he shouldn't be um he shouldn't be going to these classes. He shouldn't be interacting with normal people. And his handler basically lets him know that. And that gets him. That's where like a lot of the drama of the show starts getting into stuff. It's just mm-hmm. like you are you were here. You also were here to kill one of the people in this class. Like and now you're like trying to be buddy buddies with everyone in this class. Mm-hmm. Like um, so the drama ensues from there. It's hard to explain much more. Um, one of the easily. Um, one of the best characters, most likable characters in the show is like the one of the uh, what the like the the leader of a drug cartel no uh, thing who's like hi- who's like hiring Barry for jobs and stuff. And so um, you, there's just all sorts of nonsense that they get into and stuff because Barry just really wants to be able to be part of this class and be an actor and mm-hmm. uh, honestly that's probably the worst decision he could have made uh, uh but you know it's what he wants and it's what he pushes for and they get into some stuff i think the first season is a lot of like it's it, the first season is a good character study on some of the main characters and a, the main love interests and stuff like that and um and how that first season ends really drives the rest of the seasons going forward because he has to make a weird and tough decision at the end of that season that mm. that like haunts the rest of the show more or less. Um, oh God! And, yeah. And but like I think the biggest the biggest surprise that I had at a show was I I like you get into it and you it's it's kind of making fun of acting culture and how mm-hmm. actors are very self centered and stuff really early on in the show. Um, and they they keep doing a little bit of that throughout the whole thing because one of the main characters is super 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 vain. Um, and Henry Winkler's character is Sally. pretty incredibly vain, also. Yeah. Um, and um, but the thing that is the biggest surprise is that they they like use that HBO cash like mm. really well because they got 
some really good like uh, choreographers and cinema cinematographers and just like their their way of framing scenes and doing action moments and all this stuff is just like why does this feel like John Wick needs to take pointers from this show sometimes like maybe that's not true completely but like some of these action films that have been coming out like why is Barry doing a better action scene than some than some of these movies that that I've been watching over the past couple of years and I think that was there's one episode in particular in season two that just like blew me away and it might Mm. be one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen um yeah and uh do you saw season two Marlon yeah I I remember the season I think what's wild about the show is that it goes from being goofy and dramatic to like all of a sudden smash cut to like a scene that feels like it was pulled straight from like a, a like an action film where it's like okay this is yes like the camera one. swivel swiveling around and we're getting angles we're getting like court like it it does an amazing job of like lulling you into like either the comedy side of things or the dark side of things and then just dropping in some of these like surgical moments of just like action shots that just feel so like like it changes the mood in a way and like i think like yeah like ray said like it just uses its money in such a hugely uh impactful way storytelling wise yeah i don't know i'm curious how much um how much of this was Bill Hader learning some of this from like really strong people? Mm-hmm. How much of this was just like a really strong crew of filmers and and choreographers and all of these things? Like I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, I, they do some after they do some after the after the show behind the scenes things like the first couple seasons mm-hmm. and you kind of hear some of where where they made some decisions and stuff but i feel like a lot of that was the actors talking about it and bill Hader talking about it and mm-hmm. i i didn't i don't remember seeing a lot of the crew in those but i also didn't watch all of them so mm-hmm. um but that you know take that with a grain of salt maybe they are there in a little bit mm-hmm. but um that's the certainly this show is just a surprise of like really strong television Mm. um and so yeah i can't can't recommend it enough um if you just like tv in general um you'll probably like this show if you like action if you like dark comedy you will definitely love this show Um, because it 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 nails on both of those things all the time every episode back to back uh, especially once my boy noho hanks on the screen there's no way Hello. you can't he's just <laughs> such a goofball and he's he's the would you would, yeah, especially the in a show yeah especially the show where you are like kind of not supposed to like a lot of the main characters because mm. they're kind of shitty people but like you're engaged in their stories so like you're still watching it because you just need to see the a little bit of like what is going to happen to you like um never know how Hank pulls on the scene you're just like oh, i love this guy can you can i get more of this guy i love this guy i need to hear him to speak i need to hear him talk i need him to be safe <laughs> i need him to all of his dreams of being a drug like the best drug lord in la <laughs> i need all of these dreams to come true like this man deserves everything he keeps me so entertained he's so wonderful anthony kerrigan um, is a gift to that show and like the voice he chose to use it like because I think I remember seeing him as like Victor Zaz and like Gotham. So to hear him go from being this kind of like menacing to being like, oh, hello. It's like, wait, what's this accent? What's going on? What's this weird Chechen accent that is probably not Chechen? (laughs) Um, It's like, this is from some country out here. Yeah, and and like, there's it's just it's it is funny. So yeah, so I finished that season. The show has done uh, all sorts of quality. Um, strong, strong recommendation. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. I think the the best part is each season is like eight episodes, and they they're nice. They don't waste time. They're not. There's no filler. There's. Mm. It's just nice, concise. Like they knew what Action. they were doing. They knew the story they wanted to tell. And they did a good job telling it. Um, so you'll you'll just yeah, man. The finishing that season, the the last the last like couple episodes, I just was like, man, they they have nailed this. Like they mm. have they have knocked this out of the park. I can't. I couldn't imagine 
where the show was going after watching season one and i am so glad that i turned it on i'm just glad and i'm glad they made this show it's a it's a weird group of people to put something together like this but great job all to everyone involved especially the crew i i can't that crew did some did some good stuff and they got it out before the writer's strike also true so glad we got that would have been that would have been a terrible casualty Otherwise, it would have been. <laughs> oh, it really would so have good. been. Uh, yeah, everything that's coming out right now that's like really strong. I'm just like I'm glad this is out before the writers' strike. Um, I know I, we're gonna spend time talking about Spider-Man in more detail uh, next week when y'all uh, yeah. get, get a chance to see it and I stuff like too. Um, if I say anything at all, it's that they crushed it. It is yes. amazing. Good to know. Um, makes me happy. The but that is but you bring that up the writer strike mm-hmm. i really hope that this movie like had its script written doesn't need any other adjustments or anything so that that doesn't become a casualty of the next movie cuz i know they're trying to get it out next year and if it has to be 2 years from now that's fine mm-hmm. i i will wait as much as i don't want to cuz i that's i that is actually when we get there, that's actually my only complaint about this movie is that I hate part one, part two movies. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather just sit down and watch five hours of a movie <laughs> than, than watch than watch a part one and then wait a year later and watch a part two. Yeah. Like um, that's that is literally my only complaint. Um, so, wait, so the, the, so the is a part uh, one part two situation. Yes. Yeah. 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 They've and they've been saying that for a while. Like this. They, this is. Um, They've been pretty clear about that. It's not like Fast X where they. <laughs> By the way, mind. it's a part like they, one. <laughs> part one, yeah. By the way. Um, yeah, they've been pretty clear so you know. about this is a part one, part two, and I think some of that is like the the you you watched the first one. The animation mm-hmm. is amazing, mm-hmm. and I think and they did they they still kept that crazy style of crazy all sorts of styles of animations in this movie and that has to be this has to be one of the most complicated animation projects that has has existed um i can't i can't imagine what else would be more complicated than this franchise um just and you've seen it it's just it's gorgeous all the time they that like comic book style that they're like flipping between stuff and things um so i assume that's why this had to be a part one part two because they like couldn't do it like it's just it's just a complicated thing and they didn't want to burn the team out probably but um i just really hope the right of strike doesn't affect this next movie it's a big do you think it would um get love come award season for like best animated feature it better i i I, it it absolutely better (laughs) so far this year animated features that was puss in boots the last wish in the oscar running last year it was yeah I think so. I don't remember what one. Okay, though. I couldn't remember when that came out. Uh, I think Pinocchio won animated oh, film, yes, right? Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. It did. Um, so yeah. So so far this year, I'm having trouble remembering what other animated movies have come out right now. Um, but I can't imagine. I know the the it's 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 the elemental one. I think is coming out. That's supposed, that's yeah, that's supposed in a couple weeks. Good, maybe. I don't remember if I saw any reviews I, for I that. I just can't. I. It's Pixar, and it, and so you're right. But like, also Pixar has been, um, Pixar has been putting out like solid movies, mm. but like nothing has blown me away out of their past like eight movies, maybe except Turning Red. Yep, um, and so, and like just of what I've seen of this movie, I would be surprised if it blows me away more than spider man hmm. like i th- i feel like uh, uh the same way i feel about a game of the year for, for video games nothing's mm-hmm. there's nothing that's going to beat tears of the kingdom at this point oh like, yeah it's a done deal uh, like, this is a done deal um <laughs> best animated film of the year is it's, it's spider man there's there's no way anything Super else Mario. Mm. And, and, uh, i mean I, great time had a had a blast um, <laughs> for an animated movie of the year. Absolutely not better than Spider Man. Great time. Never is Mario. Yeah, I, not not trying to shit on it at all. No, no. I enjoyed it. Animated movie of the year. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I love it. 
Yeah, I think the that bar might has be been the set. only one that might. I think it might be the only one that might have a like a contending chance so far. Is that? That's and I sure. I think it should be. It should be nominated for sure. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was a fun time, but uh, I don't think the there's country. any. I don't think there's any way anything else comes out this year and it's like better. It's just, yeah, you'll see. You'll, you'll probably agree like very easily. Um, cause they, they listen to fans too. Like they, some of the criticisms that people were making about some of the stuff that happened in the first movie mm-hmm. are just like things they didn't get to, too. Right. Um, they, they, they were like, Oh yeah, fans, we got you like, uh, this time. So, yeah, I high high recommend. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that next week for uh, just like talking about uh, more spoilers and stuff and Ooh, things that we loved and excited. and things like that next week. Be exciting! Yay! Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to do Succession or do you want to do your documentary, Marlon? Tell me all about Succession. How many seasons? I'll be quick. I'll be What's quick. So so uh, this. I don't know what week it was. Recently, they wrapped the the whole series Succession, which oh. if you if you don't know, is about a mega big family that owns a mega big cor- media corporation, and the whole premise of the show is that the father, the 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 owner of the said media organization, is trying to figure out who will succeed him when he either you know dies or retires from from, from media. Mm. So the whole plot is basically his three kids. Well, there's four of them. One's not really in the running, but three kids um, are trying to, you know, uh, put their best foot forward and trying to become the person that gets picked to succeed their father to to own their their little media empire. And it's interesting that this that this that the show is called Succession, because even in the name itself, it's it's kind of a vague um, explanation of what the story is because yes, everyone's trying to be the, the one that is it, the one that is going to become the king or queen of the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just finished watching it today and I was, I, and I was taken, I was feeling very like, huh, that was a very interesting way to end because it felt like not, it has a similar vibe to the last episode of Attack on Titan. Not in the sense that people are being Ooh. smushed, but okay. the emotional sense of like in the second to last episode uh, when everyone's like really happy and they're having like a party and they're like, you know, enjoying their moments and they're bonding. And then the shit hits the fan at the very end and people start <laughs> fucking getting smushed. That's kind of how it felt. But again, not the actual smushing. But um it made me think a lot about like family dynamics and how when you don't have a strong family dynamic and everyone is just trying to cut each other in the mm-hmm. process of getting to the finish line, that you lose a little bit of your 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 humanity in the process. Like there is an ep- a moment or moments in this series where this media org is dictating who is going to become the next person to sit in the White House. And that, and I was just like, wait, is this how it usually goes down? Because I could have sworn there was more governmental stuff to this than just the media saying, oh, they got so and so state, they're going to be the next president. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're they're so these people are so caught up in how to re- retain power and and who can best support them that they are throwing away like the people that they're supposed to be serving the people who they're trying to like, you know, give the news to the the human voice, the normal voice, the non-rich people voice is totally not heard through a majority of this series. And it was very interesting because it was like, as they're progressing towards the end of this story, you can kind of start to see them sort of see the outside of what their actions are causing. Like one of them has have kids and their kids are like, you know, they're experiencing the, they're, the actions of what they're, they're, these adults are doing in real time and they're scared of what the outcome could be, like what kind of world they're going to be living in. And there's this interesting scene where one of the um, the, the guys are, 
there, there's basically a riot going on based on what happened on election day. And he's going through his shit and he is yelling at the people yelling at people because he thinks they're stupid and they don't know what they're doing because they're kind of like going up against what he wants because he wants to be able to be successful. And in so being successful means stepping on all these people and kind of rewriting the way we perceive democracy. And, and as it's, as that is kind of going on, they, they're finally kind of, meeting their maker in a lot of ways. They're realizing that, oh, I can only go so high. I can only do so much before I, I too shall fall. And, and who you think ends up is not who you thought was going to end up in charge. And it's like how quickly things change, how quickly the power dynamics escalate and who you didn't think. I guess what I'm trying to say is, if your family has a shit dynamic and shit support and you don't aren't there for each other when the, when the rubber meets the road and you need someone to be on and they're not on, everyone's going to fall. And no one saw it coming. And you're just like, oh, that's it. That's the end. And it, and it wasn't like a it wasn't like those dramatic endings where it's like everybody's happy in the end. Nobody's happy in the end, except for the people who won. The people who won are happy. People who got what they wanted are happy. The people you've been following, the people who you've invested all the time watching them like go up and down, up and down, up and down. They're like, where do they go now? What do they do? Yeah. And there's uh and the way you're describing this, it does it also reminds me of the the same energy that Barry has. Mm. Like it it isn't it isn't really about the happiness of these people yeah, it's yeah. like watching these watching these people lose themselves because of the shit that they want mm-hmm. and and when they then when they start making these these like ah this is the right choice but it's like really stupid of a decision mm-hmm. but they think it's the right choice at a time and then they start getting all these consequences in the end they're right. like panicking like what do i do right. um and so, yeah, I th- almost I think that's a that's a good summary of how Barry ends too. Is nobody's happy at the end, <laughs> but that's uh, where we live in. Apparently, but, nobody's happy. Yeah, it's, everybody's uh, it's, sad. I think it's it. it you pro- you probably wouldn't call Succession a comedy though. It was it is just more of a drama it's, throughout. It, it, it has dark humor. Like there are sure. moments where it's like that was hilarious, but like that was also kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it kind of—I okay. mean, it, it's it's rich people living rich lives in a bubble, um, and I mean, like one of the last scenes of the show is like the three siblings screaming at each other in a non-soundproof glass room, <laughs> and everyone's staring at them because they're all losing their shit at the same time because no one can agree on anything, and it's like the final the final act of no, you suck. And even even one of them says like we're like we're shit like none of us are it none of us are the ones N- none of us have what it takes to do this because we're all so fucked up because our family is so fucked up our father was a shithead who was good at what he was does but only he could do it and that was the succession is that no one can succeed the king except someone from another fucking empire who conquers the <laughs> empire. And that is like is the great. most real thing. I was like, I'm so glad the show didn't end on some weird, like we're family and we're going to succeed. Cause that wasn't real. That wasn't going to be real. And it's not realistic for anybody. I don't think, especially in that kind of situation. Sorry. I went off for a little long, but yeah, it, it, it's, That's good. it's, it's, it's a fa- There's some really good actors in this mm-hmm. that really surprised me. And I was just like, I mean, I can't relate, <laughs> but I appreciate the the drama. <laughs> yeah, well, I might check it out after I finish watching Barry. It's four seasons. All right, but the well, writing no, is really good. Show. The writing is really good, and the the actor. Oh God, what is his name? Uh, he plays the, the who? The he's Culkin also good. Kid? Yes, he's good. There's another guy. He. He um he plays the, the second eldest brother. 
he was like the one who's supposed to inherit the throne supposedly he he has some scenes throughout the series which just like make you just like ooh what is this feeling that i am feeling inside my chest it's unfamiliar and i'm scared mm-hmm. <laughs> um so if you if you can check it out it's again it's rich people so it's like you're not going to mm-hmm. love them <laughs> But you may be intrigued by them at the very oh, no, least. Okay, it's very much like Barry, where you don't love any character in Barry, but you're kind of like, all right, you're you're you. I mean, you do love. Watch that. You do love. I think you love Hank. You do love <laughs> Hank. You do love Hank. <laughs> He's the one. I will check out Barry <laughs> after I finish one of my animes. I think. Nice. Is that all we got? Is there more? Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's perfect. Ray, do you want to close us out? Um, sure. Um, <laughs> listeners, uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, if you, uh, uh, dang, thanks for just thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spending your time. Um, we hope you uh, check out somebody's shows, enjoy the games that you're playing, um, and you know if you. Uh, Got any uh, good stuff? Uh, you know, keep passing it on to people. Um, remember to uh, get some sun, get some exercise, and uh, geek on. And say a prayer for Raymond and Marlon as they start camp this week. Oh well. <laughs> prayer for something. <laughs> keep going, everybody. This episode of Quest On Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.